1: Hello everyone and welcome along to your Wednesday night edition of the TII podcast. I'm so used to being a Monday, I had to remind myself several times that it was in fact Wednesday. Joining me tonight, I have Kieran Wallace. How are you doing, Kieran? Brilliant, thanks, Greg. Yourself? Yes, good, thank you. Glad we've got a Rangers game to look forward to. Um, glad that it's on the back of a, a thumping 4-0 victory at the weekend and um, hopefully we'll be able to get a Europa League um, group stage back on track I think it's fair to say we, we were all dreading the European Games had Michael Beale still been in charge but um, looking forward to tomorrow night Are you looking forward to it as well? Uh, yes and no um, kind of once bitten twice shy because
0: of the last result away at Limassol um, but there's a wee bit of a buzz amongst the fans again about Ibrox with Clement coming in and the display that we've seen at the weekend so tomorrow's going to be how would I put this, more of a, gives more of an idea of what he's got about him um, and what we'll expect to see um, as Rangers fans and of his Rangers team and I don't think it gets tougher than because they're, they're we, we put, uh, I can't spit my words out tonight, when we played there the last time they were quite a tricky opponent at home and we'll go on to talking about them um, later in the show but yeah, um, half looking forward to it, half a, a wee bit nervous, but even a point would go a long, long way for us in this group.
1: What about yourself? Absolutely. I'm thinking back to the last time we were there. It was Calvin Bass's centre-half debut, wasn't it? And that was a that, that turned into a disaster. But it, well, it all went positive from there, I guess, and we know where that season ended up as well. Um, right, let's have a look firstly at the, our Europa League campaign so far, I guess, and just get... Get some of your views. See some people in the comments already. Please give us your thoughts. Give us your opinions, and we'll bring as many up on the screen as possible, and, and discuss them as we go through. We'll talk about about the Europa League campaign so far. We'll talk about about the the recent history between Rangers and teams in Prague, um, and then we'll move on to some of the, the comments from the press conference uh, from Philippe Clement, and we'll start to we head to predicted lineups, etc. As well as we do normally do with our a preview, uh, but. Looking, looking at where we are currently, Kieran, in the Europa League group stage, when the group was drawn, I thought it was quite a favourable group and and one that we could we could really um, attack, I guess, and, and look for, look forward to one win against the I guess the the hardest team in the group, um, Real Betis at home, one defeat against the the weakest team in the group, going by the seeding. Um, it's been very Jekyll and Hyde in terms of the performances. So far, what, what have you made of the, of the campaign um, in the first two games and, and, I guess, where do you see that leaving us? Yeah, you're bang on with
0: Jekyll and Hyde. When you look at the performances, you could arguably say the result against Betis was Bill's best result and probably best performance as Rangers manager. Um, that night was... We all just turned up, not really knowing what to expect that night because of the mood around the place and how the team had been performing... And then we move on to probably his worst result and worst performance as Rangers manager. Um, I've, probably, I've seen people comparing it to Progress Niederkorn and it's definitely up there. They're a poor, poor side. And, but the, the better result has set us up perfectly. We could not have asked for a better start um, to our Europa League campaign. and The defeat in the last round, I remember being on the warm-up pod before we, we, we were in that game and we didn't really consider defeat there, because we are quite a good team in Europe, we're quite a solid side when it comes to Europe, albeit even you look at the Europa League, run all the way to the final, apart from Dortmund, we weren't great away from home, but we grinded out results, and I think that's what tomorrow night might shape up as, that we need to grind out at least a draw, but there's nothing to say that we can't go there and get a win, by all means. Um, But yeah, I'm going to try and stay positive regarding this one, albeit if we do get at least a draw, you're thinking, you've got all at home, you've got Prague at home, last game I waited, to Betis. Your fixtures are set up really nicely there. Um, but I think I'm been far too positive for a side that's just not done it. Yeah, I was going to say, I've been
1: very optimistic so far. Yeah, you're <laughs> like as optimistic as me. <laughs> um, well, after the weekend's game, I am a bit more optimistic than I was. I don't really know what to expect from this Prague team. If I'm honest, I've listened to a few different previews. I've Read a bit about them. They're, they seem to be a very different team from the one we played back in that Europa League run. I think they are. They were described as much more, being a much more modern football club now in terms of how they approach and um, stuff, how they approach equipment, how they how they approach their style of play. So it'll be really interesting to see how that um, kind of fleshes out. We've obviously seen um, one game so far from Philippe Coutinho. It was an impressive game. He didn't go as far as calling it impressive. He basically said it's a start. Um, the players took on some of the some of the seeds or uh, the, the early seeds that, he, that him and his team started to plant, and um, we saw that in some of the play that that that, that came forward in uh, the game against Hibs. So on the back of the Hib's game, I'm, I am positive. I think Sparta Prague. We know they're top of their league at this moment in time, so they are, they must be in decent form. Um, they beat Aris Limassol three two. I believe in the in the first game, and then lost out to Real Betis. Um, I guess the results have kind of gone how how we would expect them to for for Sparta Prague so far. It's a bit of a strange situation. So at uh, this moment in time in the in the group table, I guess, Kieran, which all four <laughs> teams are on are on three points. Um, I think as fans, we probably feel we should be in charge of the group on six points at at this stage, but it's not the case. Looking ahead to this game firstly away in, in Prague and then the home leg obviously it's a double header. Do you, you see sort of four points from these two games putting us in a really strong position and in, uh, in the group and, and the potential for going through? I sure hope so and we'll definitely know more tomorrow
0: night um, after the game and more or less what type of side Prague actually are when we come up against them but I think four points is a minimum ask. And I think when we talk about expectations for Clement for the season and expectations for this team going forward, it's that one, we win the League Cup, two, we win the Scottish Cup, and three, we progress from this group till after Christmas. So I think this is his his first taste of pressure as a Rangers manager. I know there's no such thing as a Rangers manager that's not under pressure. But the expectation is there that we do progress for this group. So minimal four points from both these double headers. But the biggest and truest cliche in football is you take it one game at a time and got to go out and get something tomorrow
1: night. Yeah, so I want to bring in some of the comments uh, that we're seeing um, so far. And as I said at the start, if you have any thoughts, you agree, disagree with us, whatever, pop a comment in and we'll bring up as many as we can. Pete Warren's saying here, the players... Proved they have something about them, but there's definitely more to come from them under this manager. D.I. Rebus says uh, this game will show if the players are taking on what the manager wants when we're out of possession. He's highlighted as moving as a team off the ball a few times. What are your thoughts on, I guess, where the players stand? At uh, the weekend, when I saw the starting lineup, it kind of hit home that well, the manager's changed, but we've still got the same players. Um, they proved they, have, they do have something about them during the game at the weekend, and they had taken on some of the, the early instructions. For example, the way that we were pressing Hibs and then the way that we um, set up defensively into a bit of a more rigid 4-4-2. Are you expecting to see more of that tomorrow night uh, against Sparta Prague? And are you expecting to see more of those, I guess, changes or tweaks from Philippe on that we'll, we'll start to see a bit of a style and a bit of a way of playing?
0: Yeah, it could be quite interesting, Craig, because we'll come on it. I know the left back situation just now is something of big discussion and no one's really sure what we're going to do with that. So I have said we'll have more of an idea what Clement wants to do, but maybe we won't. It might be something different tomorrow. It might be three, five, two. We might our hand might be forced in that sense. But in terms of the like on that comment there, the player's taking on what the manager wants you have probably get better experience of this than me having been in his press conference at the weekend that when he, this might not seem a big thing to a lot of people, but when he talks, I want to listen. I want to listen to his press conferences. I want to listen to his post-match interviews. And I've not felt that way a manager since Gerard. Now, Gio would have bored you to sleep. That's just his personality. It's just how he is. Bill talked too much and probably a lot of sound bites in there and cliches as well. But I feel with Clement, he's got that aura about him where you want to kind of hang on his every word. So for me, if I put myself in the players' shoes, they're not bored listening to the instructions. Things are pretty clear and they're taking on board what he's saying. And this is something we've been crying out to see, that these some of these players need led by the hand. We've seen that. They've not won anywhere near as enough, enough, enough trophies as they should have. So it's the here and now, but I don't to. Do,
1: did you feel that with him, having sat in front of him? Yeah, having sat in front of him in the sort of post-match press conference on Saturday, he's one of these guys that has a... Gerard had it as well. I don't. I wouldn't say Gio had it, and I don't think Michael Beal had it from when I sat in front of them, but Philippe Quant has a presence. As soon as he walks in the room, everyone stands up and takes notice, or, or sits up and takes notice. Um, he clearly thinks about every single word that leaves his mouth. Uh, Michael Beal was criticised a lot for talking too much and letting too much go and being inconsistent with his message. I don't think we'll get any of that from Philippe Clement. He's very um, particular and he's very deliberate with everything he says and he's most definitely a manager that I would not want to get on the wrong side of, especially as a player. I don't think he'll be scared in um, bombing people out if they if they don't toe the line and if they don't do what he wants to. And I think for too long we've spoken about some managers are just have their favourite players, and they just keep picking them, even if they're out of form. I don't think that's something that we'll see under under Philip Come on. Even in his press conference today, having having watched the the video from Prague, he, um, he again was very deliberate in what he's saying. He wasn't. He was very careful not to hype up anyone too much. He was. He was very measured in in his and um, his words, and we're going to talk about some of the some of the stuff he said, um, but. He, um, I'm very impressed by. He's clearly a manager that's been there and done it and won titles, and um, and you can tell that he's not a project manager. I think we were all wary about whether we'd get a project manager and it would be the same again, a bit of a test. He's clearly not that. He's he's come in here with a clear plan, he's come in here to win, and I don't think we could ask for any more. Um, might take a bit of time, he's already said that. And whether the fans have the patience, I think, having seen. What happened on Saturday? The way we played against Hibs, the the reaction from the fans—it's almost like that one game will will buy him time if he needs it because he's shown what can happen with just a little bit. So what we all now want to what we all want to see what will happen if once he's had four weeks on the job, five weeks on the job, etc. So I think will he's a he's a very impressive person. I'd I'd imagine that comes across to the players as well. It's now him finding his way with this team and what he can do between now and January to, A, like you say, win us the League Cup, get us through the Europa League group stage, keep us in as much touching distance, get a bit closer if we can in the league and get to January and and see where we go on that one. A few more comments um, coming in. James Glasgow saying... I think the best we could hope for is to win our home games if we can get a point in one of our two away games. That's a bonus. Um, Snicky Bear says, manager has respect for the players, talking to them before and after subs. He is at the side, shouting continually. Oh for a hill, Saying come on, it's first real test. We'll need to show Bottle. It's a, like you like you said, I think, Kieran, it's a really difficult test for us. Probably, a, he goes far to say it's a 50-50 game between the two teams on paper, you go into what is going to be a, a bit of a hostile atmosphere. I think probably describing it as a bit of a hostile atmosphere is going to be um, a bit of an understatement, but there's been a lot of talk about Rangers in recent history with the city of Prague, with Slavia yeah. Prague, Sparta Prague fans joining joining forces effectively with Slavia Prague fans to, to hate Rangers. Um, there was an interview broadcast in the Rangers Review yesterday. A Czech journalist said Rangers are universally hated by Czech. Football fans, um, how much does that kind of thing play into play into this game? It's always been a few years since the Glenn Kamara incident. Uh, it's been a few years since um, the only school children were allowed to attend the the, of Prague versus Rangers game. How much do you think that plays into this game? Do you think it plays in at all to it? hundred uh, percent, it does.
0: A hundred percent, and. It just leaves that horrible sour taste in your mouth of like, you've got a journalist, well, do we call him a journalist or do you just call him someone off of Twitter, coming out and saying that we are universally hated. A player of um, Slavia Prague found guilty, racially abused one of our players, and then the young fans, the kids of their rival, booed our black players every time they got the ball. Uh, there's something there's something wrong there it's appalling um, I, I think they've got an absolute cheek um, to release a statement today and it's one of the ones where it's kind of like ah well we've done something about it and if they boo or they really make any comments or any gestures then we've done our it. it's, it's it certainly feels like that, it doesn't feel like they're trying to sort of shake hands and make friends again and sweep everything aside that's happened like yeah I did,
1: see, I did see their, did see their, their statement Kieran I, I don't know if I saw the one that you saw but it was almost like a, we know other stuff happened in the past but let's be friends now and hope Rangers enjoy their trip to Prague etc so I don't know if that was a, a follow-up kind of thing um to the one that you saw but it does seem a bit of a, a strange build-up between the yeah. two clubs and let's not forget, the social media stuff still goes on
0: with guys like Kamar Roof. And if you remember the banners that they held up after the game, like it's just, it was horrible. It's one of the worst things I've seen in football in my time anyway. Um, the level of abuse that our players actually took at the hands of both Prague teams. And like racism aside, usually when something happens with your rivals, you throw your support behind the opposite team if you know what I mean but they seem to yeah, join yeah. forces and just all become racists together and yeah it's, it's horrible so for for the
1: good of actual normal people I hope we get the win tomorrow Absolutely there's many reasons why we, we hope we get the win and that's definitely one of them It's um, it'll definitely be a hostile atmosphere like you say it'll play into, it'll play into it hopefully from my side that'll be something that galvanises our team and yeah. we don't we don't kind of shrink away from it. As such. I hope I've not um, just said the comments and fired them. We've been infiltrated <laughs> by the Czech Republic. <laughs> no, I think you're. I think you're all right so far. We'll see you later. We'll see you later on when you're when you're <laughs> properly called out and you're found out. But uh, no, I think you're fine just now. But it'll, it'll be a hostile atmosphere. It'll be interesting to see how this team reacts. It'll be interesting to see how. Uh, Philippe Comor, I keep going to call him Paul Come but it's Paul Clement isn't it, he used to be a, the assistant manager of uh, Chelsea Aye, um, I nearly called him Jeremy the last time we were on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> We're doing well I'll um, well, be interested to see how he sets us up as well and we'll come on to talk about, about our predicted lineups as such, so well, let's move on to um, the, the the press conference that happened earlier this evening in Prague um, it was about half past six UK time I believe that Happened. Philip on and Todd Cantwell um, answered some questions from the press. I just wanted to pick out some of the the main talking points. And Kieran, you picked you picked on one of them a bit earlier, and that's that. That's the left back situation. It wasn't actually a situation I considered when Borna Barisic went down in the, the fourth minute or the fifth minute of the the game against Hibs, but it was. Uh, it's definitely one that's been brought into focus. Obviously, Borna Barisic injured. Fluke once said he hopes he'll be back next week, so not that long an injury, but still enough to keep him out um, tomorrow's game in the Czech Republic and then the weekend game against Hearts. Um, Dujon Stellan is injured, Red Van Yilmaz is not in the squad, and I'm going to come on back to that question in a bit, Kieran, Um, but just for for context, Fluke once said... I look for solutions so there will be another player to fill the left back position and do the job for the team i expect everyone to work together whoever steps in will be able to do the job i think that's an interesting insight into his mentality um first of all i think that's it's it's everyone's working for the team it's what one man out another man steps up it's almost I know you're an nfl man kieran it's almost that nfl mentality of we just keep going no matter what. And if someone goes down, the next person steps up and they'll do just as good a job. Is that yeah. one that, that makes you happy to hear about? Is it one that impresses you? Is it one, where do you feel about that?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. It's situational football. I think they call it that. everybody plays in a system that they understand and they play different situations. And this is a situation that we're in that some, the next guy up has got to step up. Um, in terms of something that we've been crying out for again, like we look back to Gerard's team that last won the league for us, it didn't matter who came into that team. They all played the same system. Everybody knew their role, knew what they wanted to do. We had three or four guys up front that it didn't matter who played. They all knew their role and what they were going to do, and we seemed to score goals regardless of who it was that was playing. Um, I could probably say that about Gio as well in that European run that, he played a very specific system that when guys came in, they knew knew their role. And albeit maybe you get more quality from other from some than you do others, but they all played within that system and, and knew what they were doing. But slightly aside from that, and looking at this left back Vid Van Uilma situation, that now that Bill's gone right, and we're sitting back and we're currently in this position now, how, how
1: bad when what? is it? It's, it's oh so bad. <laughs>
0: But, but it kind of like it absolutely screams out to me that here is the massive difference between Michael Beale as a coach who we know is exceptional and Michael Beale as the manager who doesn't know the difference between a player being out for two to three weeks because after that European squad he was back in our first team playing domestic football and we're talking when do we put to the 8th of December so you're talking yeah. four months so is, is there communication there between the medical department and the manager or does the manager just took a pure guess that the left back we paid £5 million for it isn't good enough and he's going to use his injury as an excuse we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse Carve in the blood our box. We did not see. We could not, but she did.
1: And in the end, what will I become? Senua Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. I think we probably got a bit of an insight into that from Philippe on actually, when um, at the weekend, I think it was his preview interview or his, his pre-game presser for the Hibs game. And he spoke about how the medical team have been surprised how close he wants to be to the injured players and to understand their current situation and when they'll be back and what their treatment plans are. It's the kind of thing that strikes me is every manager should do that and it yeah. should be quite an obvious thing. So for Philippe on to highlight that, in and, and a pre-match press conference and to, and to say that the medical team were surprised, that's a worry for me as to where we were
0: Yeah, 100% and I think as well when you when you look at that outside the box for players that are injured and we do have a lot of them just now, I think if you look back over the last 10 games you should probably take note of, I think we've had an injury or two in every single game Yeah, it's almost like injury roulette with us um, but good to see a couple back at the weekend but in terms of working close to the guys that are injured, like, we talk about man management, we talk about personal skills, being injured in football, especially for medium to long term, is a horrible thing, and it can greaten in guys when they're not around the team, they're not around the dressing room, it's just them and the physio, and aside from that as well, Craig, someone, I can't remember who said it, it might have been in our group chat, it was very, very... Um, It was very apparent to me when Todd Cantwell put his Instagram post out and then so did Danilo. They both thanked the medical staff. They both made a point of doing that. So to me, that speaks volumes that they really appreciate what they're doing because these guys are probably feeling it as well in the medical team at Rangers because they've had a lot to handle recently. They probably thought at the end of last season, right, God, we've got a break now. We've got all these guys going out. You guys coming in. Hopefully next season's better. And it's, it's
1: almost went the same way. What do you make of this comment from D.I. Rebus? Some of our players were hiding on the injury list. Do you do you agree with that? Do you think some players were, were taking a bit longer than they needed to? Well, see, when you said the thing about Barisic, he might be back next week.
0: Excuse me. I'm a fan of Barisic, and I'm not one to sit here and call him a coward. The last time he got this injury, he was fit for international duty the next weekend. Like, yep. come on. If you remember back as well, when we first signed him, Gerard wasn't sure of him. And I think what was a friendly, I was at Iberts, was it like the Helsinki game and we were trying to get the best out of him and he went down injured and it was kind of like nobody really treated him quickly and Gerard came out after the game and said, yeah, he battered the ground 50 times and he was calling for medical staff and maybe he should have just got up. So it's quite apparent that, I know I'm going back a wee
1: bit farther, it's quite apparent that Borna Barisic is... A bit soft. Paul McGarigal brings up Philippe Hollander I think we all looked at that that Swedish starting lineup um, on wow. the international break last time and he was he was straight in there after what two and a half three years of just being constantly injured at us it's it is quite grating at times when you when you see it, especially in players who were important to us and who who have been important to our, our team in the past um, as soon as they leave, they're they're almost up to speed within a month or two, and and ready to go. And Philippe Hollander was, I guess, the the prime example of that.
0: Yeah, you do realise that when Ruff leaves and moves on to his next club, that he's going to turn into Primar Nine with the best knees in the world. <laughs> <laughs> we'll,
1: we'll buy him some robotic knees, and they'll be absolutely fine after he after he leaves us. Um, but no, I think I think the injury situation is really interesting. It's one that Clément has brought up quite a few times already. He's frustrated by it. He's trying to get to, He wants to get to the bottom of it quickly. The fitness thing is something that he keeps bringing up repeatedly, and tomorrow night against Sparta Prague will be another sign of where we are. Fitness-wise, he spoke about the game against Hibs in terms of, obviously, Bonavarisic's injury, but also the fact that a few players actually struggled to complete the 90 minutes from a fitness perspective, and that's that's a concern in itself. There was a few players that came out and said it's a different type of fitness that the new manager wants. You kind of have to question that a little bit. Um, Obviously, I think it was Cyril Dessers and Abdellassima that both came out and said that in separate separate interviews. You kind of have to wonder about that a little (laughs) bit and See, for that, what I find
0: interesting is they're probably right. A lot of it is probably higher anaerobic stuff, considering that one thing that was very, very evident from the weekend is that um, high forward press. We always had two or three men in the front line pressing at all times, and we were getting getting joy out of it. So to me, that looks like a, a staple of how he goes about setting his teams up in the game plan, that you are going to have to have sort of the anaerobic sprints throughout your game, going and shutting centre-backs and full-backs down. So it probably is a different type of fitness when it comes to the strikers, as opposed to, for example, the guys at the back who aren't going to do as much of that. But I find it very strange about fitness because the team fitness, when I remember rightly, when Bill was a coach here, was very, very good. And then under Geo, it was... Good. And then we tailed off again. It's it's strange. Um, but I, I heard the comments that of Clement talking about we'll maybe talking about training longer to prevent injury. So I don't know, things like more condition-based training and stuff like that. It's always interesting and there's always a freshness when new managers come in with new ideas, and we're mostly open to it, um, if we can see improvements on the pitch.
1: Absolutely. And um Di Rebus coming in again. Dessers done a shift with the press against him. I think, to be fair to Cyril Desors, he's come in for a lot of criticism. He always puts in a shift. He's he's never shy of putting the um, putting the work in. His quality on the ball, I guess, has been questionable at times so far. But he's never he's never shied away from putting in a shift. And even some of the goals we saw him score in the highlight reels before he before he started, half half of them came from chasing. Chasing down defenders and forcing them into mistakes, so it's one thing he's definitely not scared of. I know. I said it in
0: the last pod. Um, all I've seen all season is Cyril Dessers running towards a goalkeeper. <laughs> 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 Honestly, but yeah, you know, if that if that works for Clement's style of play, then then by all means, like that is what we need. So I think we're all the same in the Dessers boat that it's not been good for him. He's not started well. Maybe he's not fit for the team, but we are dying for him to do well. We're crying out for him to be a success at Rangers, and Absolutely. who knows if he will or he won't be. But the evidence isn't there. But buzzing to see him get off to a good start in the Clamont here at the weekend. Absolutely, we kind of
1: sidetracked ourselves a little bit from the left back discussion yeah. there, so I'll pull, it, I'll pull us back in. Um, we'll get full starting lineup predictions shortly. But in terms of the left back. Situation. It looks like either Ben Davies or Adam Devine are, your, are the two options uh, to go in there. Obviously, Ben Davies, left-sided centre half, has a left foot. Not entirely sure how often if he has played um, left back at all. Adam Devine, we know can play there. hasn't had much first team game time. Um, he's obviously new under the under the manager and is still developing as a young player. Who who do you side with? And, and and they start lining up for tomorrow.
0: I'll be really surprised if it's not Ben Davis. I think I recall back when we signed him. Um, there was a comment that he was signed as a left sided centre back that can play left back. Because if you remember rightly, we sold a left sided centre back that played left back in Calvin Bassey. So I'm not for one second saying that Davis was bought as a Bassi replacement, but he can play there. Like yourself, I don't know how many times he's played there in his career, but I'll be stunned. Um, if it's not Davis. But what I will say is this might be a game that would suit him at left-back if we were to sit in and catch them on the break. You do tend to find that that happens a lot for us away from home in Europe. So for me, I really wouldn't have a problem with Davis. I okay,
1: we would lose an element of guys getting forward and supporting. Does that change the way we approach the game? Do you think, Jink, we'd probably go more down the right-hand side than we do the left-hand side tavernier kind of pushes up a bit further becomes a back three center halves almost at time. possibly
0: possibly or i'll give you one right at a left field um no pun intended by the way um ben davis goes into a back three and we go three five two and honestly right it would not surprise me to see scott right starting at left full back. Like, he seems to be the luckiest, most favourited guy that Rangers have ever signed. <laughs> it just yeah, seems to get the he start. Was weeks, uh, he, was history, he was basically the straw that broke the camels back. They get Bill sacked, misses the next game because he's red card, comes straight back in
1: for a start. Started the Europa League final. Have you ever seen anything like it? <laughs> There's a few other suggestions coming in here. Um, I tend to agree with you, Kieran, and I think we'll see Ben Davies start at left back. Tomorrow night, um, the only concern slightly is potentially the the lack of pace or the lack of forward thinking that that potentially gives us. But he he's a good passer of the ball. He'll be able to find players in that and uh, in and the, in the forward areas. But it's just whether he can support them um, and if he has any any sort of final ball into, into the final third, or that just places more emphasis on um, sort of the wider forward players. In terms of who other people are saying, Paul McGarigal says, Craig, what's your thoughts on Raskin playing left-back? Played there for Belgium under-21s. They can tackle and go up and down. Can play Jack and Lundström in midfield. I think Raskin, go by his performance at the weekend, is too important for us in midfield um, to to move him out to left-back. No, not really a fan of a Jack and Lundström pairing in midfield. I don't know how you feel about that, Kieran, but that's it's, it's a bit too defensive and a bit too sideways for my liking. Yeah, I'll
0: twist that slightly. I think Lundstrom could fill in at left-back. He's left-footed. He can get forward. He plays in the back line. There's one that probably wouldn't surprise me more than it would others, um, but you're bang on. Raskin in the midfield. He showed at the weekend that he's willing to perform under the manager. I don't know if he's probably delighted. It's a Belgian manager that's come in that comes from a good reputation of a league that he's played in. Um, but out of the three that he's mentioned there, Raskin, Jack and Lundström, for me, I'd be least surprised to see Lundström in at left-back if that was the case. But, now,
1: if I, I was to put money on one guy, it would be Ben Davis. Yeah, and the other comment, the other option, I guess, come from RFC 72. John-Louis as well can also play left-back. We saw him play left-back one of the early games in the league, didn't we? I can't remember which one it was specifically. Um, but he, ultimately, RSC seventy-two goes for Ben Davies as left back and goes a back three in attack. Plus Prager good from set pieces, so it gives us more of a presence there with Davies. So it does seem that Davies is probably the consensus um, among amongst there. But what about the John feco option? I don't. I'm just not buying that at all.
0: Um, would I be right in saying the last time he made a solid appearance was a way to Hoffenheim? It,
1: it might was, have been centre kind of,
0: back now. with Balogun, yeah. and if I remember right, he just he was a bit of a rabbit in the headlights, like, so, and just maybe a wee bit soon for him. Maybe in the League
1: Cup game, actually, if I remember right, against Morton. That possibly. Be right? Yeah, he played half that day.
0: Yeah, it looked good that day, but no disrespect to any Morton fans that might be watching. It's a different kettle of fish away from home in the Europa League. So, yeah, for me, it wouldn't be Ifeco. And you've got to look at the ripple effect on the team. If John Lee Ifeco was to start at left-back ahead of guys like Ben Davis and other pros that might seem to get the nod in there. But, yeah, I'll be surprised if it's not Ben Davis. But, listen, we've said it all this pod i well, not really sure what Clément does. From from what I listened to, Hunt uh, and Hand did a great series on it. They were interviewing journalists of the countries that um, Clément had managed in, and they did. The common theme throughout it was he does tend to change from a back four to a back three quite often, predominantly a back four, but he does like to chop and change between the two.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to to see on that one a little bit more from the Clément press conference. Uh, and this, I guess, Kieran gives a bit more insight into what uh, Fluke wants from his team and what he wants from the players and what he wants to create. So this is a, a wee bit of a long one, but keen to get to get your thoughts uh, afterwards. So he says, we need to show a better level as this is a quality team that's good on the ball. We need to be on our toes and on European evenings, you need to be focused and take your chances. We always play to win, regardless of home or away. And that is what we want to do here. But if we can win, then it is a big step in our group. I want to create a team that is dominant in every game against top opposition. We have quality in the squad and I see players with good focus. We have areas where we where we can progress and that is what we are going to work on. We need a fit squad so we are sharp. I think he touched on a few points there that he's, he's touched on pretty much every press conference so far, especially around the want to be a dominant team in every game even against top opposition. What have you made of Philippe Clement so far? I think it's pretty much a week, maybe even just six days since he was since he was appointed. Um, what have you made of him so far and what do you make of those kind of words from the press conference there?
0: Yeah, I think
1: what is what's clear
0: is that everything he says, he means in in terms of what we've got from this is he has been very clear in terms of He wants to pass the ball forward. He wants the players to take more risk and play basically with the shackles off and no fear, Um, especially in a place like Ibrooks, where the fans can get on your back. And we have seen players like Lundstrom, who was much better at the weekend, Barisic as well, the classic of passing the ball laterally and passing it back the way Um, when the chips are down and the fans are getting on their back. Um, and in terms of dominating the ball and passing the ball with more tempo, like these are things that we've took from the press conference, but that's not one or two press conferences. It's every press conference that this message is clear. So if we're taking it on board, it would be great to see what the players are taking on board and, um, but, yeah, and the message is very clear with him. I think that's the best way to put it, that he knows what he wants and he knows how he's going to go about it. Whether that comes to fruition is what we are all waiting to see and we're dying for it to come to fruition and really work out for him. But for me, Craig, it sounds like you said it as well, a guy that's been around the block that really knows what he's
1: doing. Yeah, absolutely. And he was also... Um... He was also talking up Abdul Asima in his press conference as well. Paul McGarrigal um, speaks about that in terms of tracking back and wants everyone to work hard. He seemed to be a big fan of Abdul Asima, which is is really positive. I've been impressed with how much he's come on. He looked really raw when he first came in. He looked a bit like fashion Sakala, but but a bit taller in terms of the way he was struggling to control the body. He would take the first touch and then you wouldn't know what was going to happen, whether he was going to fall over the ball or whether he was going to hit it top corner like he did against PSV. He seems to be much more consistent now. And he seems to be um he's obviously scored in the last six games in a row, is that right? I think it's something like that. I think he's seven and six he's got now. Seven and six. So he's he's obviously a big part of, of our team going forward. And do you see him being a, a focal point tournament against Sparta Prague? Yeah, um, I, still,
0: I certainly do. I'd love to see him play through the middle. I know he played left of a front three at the weekend, sometimes found himself more central. Um, and I don't know if you heard Billy Reid's interview um, on him, just completely singing his praises about getting him minute bright Brighton and having to get him out on loan. Um, I actually think it was in the Sun he'd done that interview and having to get him out on loan um, so that he could maybe learn more about, about himself and learn more about British football and the language barrier and stuff like that. And to be honest, I knew he would come good. I know I've got my doubts about Seymour, uh, Dessers and Lammers, et cetera. But I knew that Seymour would come good because I remember him from when he played at Ibrox against us with Slavia Prague and he, he led the line so well. Back then he was a 19-year-old boy. This guy's 22 years old. And I'll it's be it's honest. It's easy to forget
1: how young he is, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and he's a guy playing with confidence. See, I know people have been talking about his second finish at the weekend, but that first finish is unbelievable. That's he's not even laced it. That's inside of the boot. It's not even curled towards the keeper. It's went straight in the side net. And then David Marsh was a good goalkeeper, and he beat him from there right in that bottom corner. Is that is a frightening finish, and he's been he's been a. It's been a joy to watch his progression and he seems like a good guy um, to have around Rangers. The players radiate towards him. He's a player playing with confidence just now. Um, the last time I was on here as well, I said it just feels like Rangers are a social experiment for us fans. that They've been made to frustrate us that this feels like Malik Tillman all over again. <laughs> Listen, I'll not complain if he, he, he scores us to a few trophies this season.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW group. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Absolutely. I don't know if you saw any of the PSV lawns game last night um, in Champions League, but Malik Tillman started and was completely non-existent in the whole really? game. So Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how much of an impact he's, he's making, but I've seen a few Dutch commentators saying he's um flattering to deceive at this moment in time in Holland. So, it's an interesting one and, and one that I guess we all watch with a wee bit of, of interest. Uh, after Paulette come Comont was Todd Cantwell um, who was up, obviously um, came back from injury at uh, the weekend. He said we were going through a tough period but to win convincingly at home has been good for the players and provided a good confidence boost. Um, he said it was difficult not being able to play and you feel helpless when you're injured not being able to impact results. We are really looking forward to getting out there tomorrow Um how big a a return is it for for Todd Cantwell and for for his role within Rangers and how um how important can he be to um to pushing us forward? Oh it's absolutely
0: huge. Like when we talk about the Clement era starting at the weekend and Dessa's getting a goal and things being more positive, like nothing's given us a bigger lift than Todd Cantwell coming back. He's our best player by a mile. He's probably one of our best signings in a long long time and um, so to have him back is is absolutely brilliant and I, I just like listening to him as well i don't know if you listen to the beautiful game pod that he was on yeah. like it was a really good lesson he just comes across as a real grounded intelligent guy and not the type of guy that people make out that he is just going by his his social media profiles but yeah it's, it's such a boost and for me, once we're going to talk about the lineup, what I will say, and I don't know if many people will agree with this, and it might sound like I'm off my head, but I would be playing Todd Cantwell on a front two off a main focal point striker. I kind of I've been championing this for a while, and I feel that see when you watch it, Desos go at the weekend, the way he draws four or five guys with him and reverses that pass. We've not really got anybody else that's got that in the locker. Play him in the front three. Look at the penalties he's won coming around the blind side of defenders. Things just like that. He's so dangerous so for around you, that.
1: Sorry, Kieran, For you, is he taking on the role that Sam Lammers has kind of been in at this moment in time in terms of where he's sat in the, in the front three?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Like for Lammers, it, it goes the same as Dessers. We're crying out for him to do well. But at this moment in time, I just don't see it. He seems a good good big guy. He seems like the players like him and they're dying for him to do well. But we're now at the stage where we're starting to get a few bodies back. Danilo, um, Cantwell, the two of them have got to feature up there a lot more. So Seamus scoring as well. So competition for places in the front line are increasing. But by all means, Todd Cantwell cannot be part of a middle three. He's got to play in that forward line. So if we are to go... 3-5-2, Three, five, two. Cantwell would be one of my forward guys that would link the midfield to the main focal point striker.
1: I think so, and I think that's where we all envisioned him being um, in terms of his strengths when he first came in. He's played in a, i think he's played, he's played on the right hand side, he's played on the left hand side, he's played as part of the the midfield three round the front three, and actually that was more, I guess, Michael Beal's system that was trying to shoehorn him into into somewhere that could get as much out of him as we could, whereas actually. So come on! One of the things he did on Saturday was just play players in the position where they like to play, and where yeah. they, where they, and where they, they have the most strengths. And we saw the benefits of that. I think we'll see that from Todd Cantwell as well. I think he does try too much sometimes. Um, he can probably release the ball a little bit quicker, and we'll see we'll see more success from that. But he's going to be a huge part of our of our game going forward. Then he'll be a key player, not only for tomorrow night and and. Of course, he's yeah, in Sparta, You're not only for a in Prague, but um, going forward for the rest of the season. Right, let's move on and talk about predicted lineups. We've spoken about the left back side of things, I guess, already, but what's your predicted starting lineup for a tournament, Keenan? Um, predicted starting lineup,
0: going by what we've got available, I would go Butland and goals, back. so I'll go four three three. go Butland and goals, right back Tav, left back Ben Davis. It's going to be Suter and Goldson centre-back. And then you're going to have a middle three of Lundstrom, Jack and Raskin because we've not really got anything else in there at the moment with Sifuentes still being injured. And then your front th- three is probably going to be Dessers up front, Cantwell off the left and Seema on the right or the other way about. Um, the, to me, to me, going by the weekend, just we're looking at this in small bite size because it is only one game. We didn't really play with a lot of width. Um, which stood out to me. Um so that that'll be interesting to see how that front two behind whoever the main striker is plays. But yeah, I'd be surprised if
1: that wasn't the lineup. Like have you got many changes from that? No, I think that's pretty much where I where I'm sitting as well. But you think the interesting thing might be Dessas or Danilo. Um because obviously Danilo's come back from injury it's a facial injury. We don't know how much his fitness has been impacted on that. How much he needs to get up to game speed, etc. Um, but interestingly, RFC 72 um has Scott Wright in there, and so does Pete Lawrence. Also, has Scott Wright in there. Do, what do you think are Scott Wright's chances of, of starting tomorrow night? He did also start the game on Saturday.
0: I'm looking, I'm trying to work that out. I take it that's a 4 4 2 with Butlin and goals, Davis left back, Sutter Goldson center back, Tav right back. And then your middle two would be Lundstrom Raskin, and then probably let's see right on the left, Seema on the right, and Dessers Cantwell up
1: front, something like that. that no, can't I think you're back. probably still looking at a 4 there. Uh, your midfield three would be Lundstrom Raskin Cantwell, with um, Dessers center forward, um, right on the right hand side, and Seema on the left would be how I read that one,
0: yeah, possibly, possibly, but. I, th- I think that is a fair shout as well because Lundstrom and Jack, I thought, done very well as a pairing at the weekend. Like, how often have we said that in the past? Long time. Um, they, they looked like a proper partnership in the middle of the park. That looked like they were doing exactly what was asked of them, and
1: they knew it was being asked of them. Yeah, I think so. As plenty of people seem to think that um, Scott Wright will be starting tomorrow night. So that'll be really interesting. I think. I don't think he did himself any harm. In the game on huh? Saturday, just whether the the returning injured players are um have got enough to have got enough to um carry forward and play a bit more minutes. Uh, bluebells at blue showing you up here saying Jack didn't play. Um he, he didn't play, which is correct, on Saturday it was uh, Raskin and Lundström. and Did I minutes. say Jack and Lundstrom? I'm just so sure used to saying that. No <laughs> Raskin and Lundstrom. I was there, don't
0: worry. I seen it all. <laughs> <laughs> but again, is Jack fit enough for tomorrow
1: night? He's just back from injury as well. No, no he's, he's not been out. He's not been playing well anyway. Even if he is fit, he's not been playing well in the slightest. So I don't know whether I would even give him a give him a shot from the start tomorrow, or if I would. I probably would be more minded to go th- towards the the same midfield that started. The, the weekend there. Um we spoke about um earlier on about if we can get four points from the next two games against Sparta. Prague will be in a really strong position. What's your score prediction for tomorrow night? Oh I've
0: been too positive tonight. I'm gonna to go a horrible two each a horrible <laughs> two each. Ah you know they are. Well, just it's been a while since we've absolutely ran a mock against someone away from home in Europe. But eh, I hope we do because we would be absolutely buzzing with the Come on, coming in a good one at the weekend and then a good win tomorrow night. But
1: nah, just away games in Europe just stick in my teeth. That I just think you of, fancy a, a Spartak Moscow throwback where it's just end to end and there's goals every two minutes.
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan of entertaining in football, so I wouldn't <laughs>
1: mind at all. <laughs> well what, what have you got for this one? Um and my my head says one each, my heart says we'll sneak a two-one. Um, but I think as long as we get out there without defeat I think it's a really positive result not entirely sure what to expect from Sparta Prague in terms of not entirely sure what to expect from Rangers in terms of the level of performance we'll put in as well which is always a bit of a lottery at this moment in time but I'm I'm hoping that we get out of there with at least a point and and we can continue this sort of positive momentum since Luke won't come in because I think once you get get going on, on that train it can be it can be a really hard thing to stop. So hopefully, hopefully we keep going on that front, well in well in the the, the driving seat in terms of um, going going through in the group. And like you say, the second half of the the group stage, we've got two games at home, which can only be an advantage. I think we'll round it off there, Kieran. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for joining us. I know you've had a, a lot of driving today out in the road for work so um thank you very much for joining us and you, you were coherent in all your answers which is a which is a real positive yes i've done well to keep my eyes open so not to say that you're not entertaining craig it's
0: always a pleasure to be on with you mate so um Matt, <laughs> let's look forward to a good rangers result tomorrow night i think that's all we ask for and a, a wee bonus would be a really good performance
1: so let's get this clemont era really up and running Absolutely. So thank you very much everyone for listening. Um, if you've enjoyed the content, please give the video a like, leave a comment with anything that you have agreed or disagreed with. Uh, remember, remember to subscribe to the TII YouTube channel, you get a notification every time we go live, we'll get it to your subscription list as well in terms of what we've got coming up. Um, Ross and John Walker I believe will be back with an immediate post-match reaction to the game tomorrow night, so look out for that one and then I'll be full steam ahead towards uh, Rangers versus Hearts at Ibrox uh, on Sunday, which Kyle and I will be in attendance for. Thank you very much everyone for listening and until next time, goodbye.